And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Stay tuned for today's program as we're going to be looking at last day's watchmen. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, and Tim Moore. Again, as we're going to be looking at the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. And of course, for those that are new, we're with Lamb Lion Ministry, and you're tuned into our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. And those of you that follow us on social media, share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, so we move into a new section of Ezekiel. Lord, help us to understand what your message is to your people and that we may live it out in faith. Lord, we thank you so much for those tuned in. We pray you'll bless this time for your name's honor and glory. Amen. Amen. I get you to your truth to set you free. Bible prophecy edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, and Tim Moore as we're talking about last day's watchmen, looking at Ezekiel chapter 33. Again, we want to invite you to grab your Bibles and something to take notes and follow today's program. This is an exciting program that we have prepared for you today. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, how are you? Brother, good as always. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. It's always a blessing to be here with you. And hopefully we can maybe also jump in with uh, Tim Moore. We hope so, too. Uh, Tim's in town and uh, we're at this time of recording. Uh, we're ahead of a few weeks just so we can prepare for our big annual conference. And so for folks don't know about our annual conference here, uh, we, of course, at Lamb and Lion Ministries host a conference in the Dallas area. And uh, it's called this year. Uh, we've got the, um, let me pull this, uh, get the name exactly here. Let you not your heart be troubled. There we go. Sorry about that. And uh, for now, by the time you're listening to this, uh, we've already aired this conference. It's been live. But you can go to our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. And there under 2023 conference, we have a playlist there. You'll be able to hear Robert Jeffress speaking about a rising darkness in the land. Uh, David Barton, America's Christian Heritage. Uh, Dr. David Reagan, Men Have Forgotten, uh, Pastor Tommy Nelson, God's Incubator of Faith is Under Attack, and we'll have Erwin Lutzer here as well, Standing Firm in the Storm, and then ending with our new director, Tim Moore, and he's going to be preaching on It's Gloriously Dark. Uh, I'll be working the internet, talking and, and connecting with people, as well as working the live stream, so I'll be your host online, and uh, our goal is to, to get people excited about the Lord's soon return and understand the times we're living in. So, if you're able to join us at that conference, either in person or online when we had it in June 9th and 10th, we were glad you joined us. But if you're new to Lamb and Line Ministries right now, we've uh, got it posted on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel, and uh, you can catch up on the conference there. I think you'll be blessed. Nathan, that is, sounds amazing. And again, for those of you that are new to this ministry, you don't want to miss it. It's always a fantastic time with these amazing speakers. So, Nathan, it, it's the wonderful thing with technology is that people really can tune in now from anywhere in the world. Right. And if we remember last year's conference, when we speak about amazing speakers. That was Vic Batista. He was one of our speakers last year, along with uh, Patrick Oliver and uh, 
uh, Dave Bowen, and uh, we've had a, uh, myself and a bunch of others. So, uh, yeah, brother, uh, every year it's a different group of people. We try to make it interesting and lively and address different topics. But all of our topics, everything we teach here at Lamb and Line Ministries, points to Jesus Christ and his salvation and his return. Nathan, speaking of which, today's message is one that we're going to continue continue in Ezekiel chapter 33. And as evangelists, which we are, we have a great responsibility and uh, we have to oftentimes talk about things that are very important when it comes to warning people, encouraging people. And the prophet Ezekiel had this great burden and this great responsibility upon his shoulders to bring a message of God out to the people. And it's one that we're going to talk about today that brings a title with it. Again, the watchman on the wall. And many people have heard about that. So today's title is Last Day's Watchman. Because Nathan, you and I literally are much like these watchmen on the wall. These um, individuals that have been called as prophetic voices in these last days to bring about truth, but also to warn people of impending dooms that are coming. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a great definition. The only thing I'd add to it is that, and biblically, the prophet had two jobs. One was to foretell what the future holds, and the other is to foretell, to warn people about uh, uh, the, the come back and return to the Lord and reconcile with him, or he will bring judgment. And, uh, of course, with the Bible being finished, the revelation is done, and so the foretelling has now passed. But the gift of prophecy today is those who have a passion for the Lord's return. They they foretell, they warn the world, hey, Jesus Christ is coming. You need to get ready. You need to put your faith and trust in Jesus and so be saved and live holy lives. And we exhort, I guess that's the, the word we use most, uh, those with the gift of prophecy exhort. So when we read this passage here in uh, Ezekiel 33 about being watchmen on the wall, it's not a message just to the people in Ezekiel's time 2,600 years ago. But it's very relevant to us today. Nathan, and I'm glad you share that because, again, as we see, the, uh, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 33, we want to encourage people to follow along with us in the Bible. Because prior to that, you and I spent some time in the previous chapters talking about the dooms of the nations that came against uh, the people of Israel. We spoke about Egypt. We spoke about Tyre. And uh, you and I got tired of talking about Tyre, right, Nathan? So we're moving on now. <laughs> Yes, and God bless you all for uh, staying with <laughs> us all those weeks. That was about 10 good chapters where the Lord was, was talking about not only did he explain to Israel that their evil necessitated that he give them a timeout, so to speak. He sent them in exile for 70 years so that a believing remnant would return and resettle the land and rebuild the temple and have that right relationship with God. And all those surrounding Gentile nations that mocked and celebrated the fact that the Jewish people were going to exile. Well, God brought judgment for them. Of course, with Bible prophecy, the prophetic viewpoint, there's a near uh, uh, fulfillment and a far fulfillment and sometimes even a farther fulfillment. So these prophecies against those nations also apply to what's coming up in the future. I and mean, we're, we're talking about prophecies that also deal with today. And so, yeah, God bless you all for sticking it out with us all those months. But now we're turning the page. It's a new chapter, a new subject matter, the watchman on the wall. Woo. So, Nathan, and speaking of which, would you be able to open us up there uh, reading chapter 33, verses uh, 1 through 3, and I'll take verses 4 through 6, in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Okay, sure. And uh, my voice a little gravelly today. I do apologize. So, again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, 
Speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword again upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpets and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. Verse six, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require of the watchman's hand. You know, Nathan, I'm thinking about this and how many times I keep hearing the word blowing the trumpet. And we know that that has great significance. Trumpets play a great part in history and in Bible prophecy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a way to communicate to the soldiers in your field. You had people who had flags, for instance, and they, they would hold up different flags to warn different armies what the instructions were. Of course, they had chain of command where they would pass the commands from the king down to the troops. But they also had trumpets, or if you think of the Revolutionary War, we had drums. And uh, you would have the, the, the messages, the orders that would go out to the troops would come through these trumpets or these, these different types of taps on the drums. And the people would know then what to do. So this is a little different. We're not talking about um, military people. We're talking about civilians here particularly in a time period when you had cities that, to protect themselves, uh, surrounded themselves by stone walls. Think of Jericho, for instance. At the time of Joshua, it was the mightiest city in the land. I mean, it, its walls were huge and almost impenetrable. Or later, uh, Nineveh. Nineveh had a, what they believed impenetrable walls, giant, huge, wide walls. And so the watchmen they had and there'd be more than one because, you know, you, you can have one guy watching an entire city, but they placed these watchmen along the walls and they would watch. That was their jobs day and night whenever their shift came for attacking invaders or armies. And if they heard something, then they would blow the horn. Sometimes they'd light a fire. If you, if you remember the Lord of the Rings movies, remember they had those fires that went from one land to Gondor and, and back. You know, they had all these different ways to alert the people to prepare, hey, danger is coming, which I think we're about to make the comparison. You all picked it up here. That's the prophet's message, a warning of danger and judgment that's coming. Nathan, and, and it's a great responsibility being a watchman, if you will. Your son and my son, they both serve in the military. My son, they oftentimes give him watch duty where literally uh, he's just posted there and he is to be on the lookout uh, for danger. And uh, sometimes people might think, man, how boring that position must be. But they don't recognize that responsibility that goes behind it and the importance of it. And, and, and when done right, it serves the people. But when you have someone who's not fulfilling that responsibility as a watchman, then it really, you cannot warn the people and, and, and uh, judgment and doom can, can come upon them. So Nathan, I, I just love it here because uh, there's so much that I believe we can that can apply to us today as we look at the importance of this passage. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, the, 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 if there was danger coming, you will want someone 
to warn you ahead of time of what was coming. Nathan, you know what came to my mind many years ago, you, you and I did a conference and in the middle of the conference, there was a tornado. I don't know if you remember. And they, mm. we had, and we had to run hiding in the, uh, <laughs> in the, in the facility for safety. Yes, yes. And our watchman happened to be the guy who was in charge of AV. I remember I was in the middle of my sermon on the rapture, and he ran <laughs> up and said, "We've heard the, we've heard the sirens. You know, they have the here in Texas, there are tornado sirens." He says, "I've heard the sirens." We need to then get into a safe place in the building that's you know, mostly concrete. It has no windows. And I, I know we, we sat out for what, like about a half hour in that yes. room, waited the tornadoes out. And when the tornadoes had passed, we went back in the auditorium and I got up and I preached the other half of my message, which was really difficult to do because it really, you know, threw the groove off, especially <laughs> since everybody was a little frightened. And, uh, yeah, man, boy, I'm, you, you have quite the memory. That was in 2010. But uh, yeah, that's what a watchman does. They hear the message, they hear the warnings, and they, or they see, and then they, they let people know. And it's interesting here what this passage says is that, that the, if the watchman does their job, then if the people are unprepared when the attacks come, then that's on them. But if the watchman's lazy, and I, you know, you got to admit, Day after day after day, sitting up on that wall, watching almost nothing happen. You know, unless you're in a time of war, the being the watchman was probably the most boring job ever. You probably could have fallen asleep or taken it for granted or been eating or, you know, doing whatever they did. They didn't have, uh, you know, uh, cell phones to play on. So who knows what they did? But, you know, it could have been a boring job. And if they fell down on their duties, then the Lord says that the blood of the people isn't on them if they weren't prepared. It was on the watchman. So, man, think how re much responsibility the job of watchman carried. Well, Nathan, and that's exactly why we're encouraging individuals to follow along with us, because sometimes we can read a passage and not really fully put it to practice or understand how that applies today. The importance is, is, is also what the church is called to do. The church, we are salt and light. We are these watchmen that are placed in different communities where to be uh, instructing the people. We have our Lord, our King that is going to be returning and we're called to watch. We're called to wait. We're called to be ready like the bride of Christ. And it carries with it a great responsibility. And we also have to be careful not to distort our message, what our responsibility is. Nathan, it reminds me, you know, uh, uh, Paul writing to those uh, to the Colossians in Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 28, he speaks about the gospel and the importance of what the gospel does. But Colossians 1, 28 uh, is very important because uh, Paul, after instructing them, says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may excuse me, present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. And Paul says, right, Nathan, that he took it serious. He was preaching and warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom of the things of the Lord. And that's what you and I seek to do in our ministry when it comes to evangelism, is to warn, to instruct people what the word has to say about what's coming in the future. 
Yeah, and, and different people have different spiritual giftedness and natural giftedness. They some people have more money than others. Some people have more time. Some more resources. So we're all required, though, to be watchmen. See, I think that's what a lot of people miss. They're like, well, you know, we've got, you know, like you said, you know, who here at Lamb and Lion Ministry? They're out there being watchmen on the wall. Other Bible prophecy teachers, uh, I think Jan Markell, especially of Olive Tree Ministries, has done a lot to coin that term watchman on the wall. She uses that a lot. Jack Hibbs, Tom Hughes, Brandon Holdhouse, uh, other Bible prophecy teachers, you hear them use this term watchman on the wall a lot because it, there are some people who have been given these resources to proclaim and be watchmen. But it's interesting here that that when you when you just read in Colossians, it's not that that it's just select people who are watchmen on the wall, but every Christian is called to be a watchman all. Jesus said many times, be ready, be on the alert, keep your eyes out, I'm coming back soon. So that means that the Lord is, expects every Christian to be a watchman on the wall for the world, right? Absolutely, Nathan. And that's what we bring about the point because someone could be reading in the Old Testament and say, well, I'm not the prophet Ezekiel. I'm not the prophet Daniel. I'm not Isaiah. I'm not the prophet. Right, Nathan? And the reality is, yeah, but we're believers and we're given a message to bring about to the people. Yeah. I mean, back in the Old Testament, they had actual prophets. Uh, they were messengers of God. But in the church, we've been given so much more. We've been given the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has a Holy Spirit, not just occasionally when a prophet needed the Lord to come and show his message like Elijah and the prophets of Baal. But we have the Holy Spirit with us at all times. And we're called to be salt and light to the entire world. And we're told to exhort and teach and, and rebuke and correct and train in righteousness the entire world. So we are the watchmen on the wall. Every Christian calling out to the world, hey, you need to get right with the Lord. You're going to die in your sins. Repent and return to him because his wrath is coming. And Nathan, and you made a good point. You know, I believe that we all have been called to different places. Uh, wherever the Lord has placed you, you might be the watchman for that city or that area, that community or the family uh, uh, workplace, wherever that might be. Here we notice in verse 7 of Ezekiel chapter 33 that it says, So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn the, uh, them for me. And in this instance, here it says that obviously Ezekiel was chosen as a watchman for the house of Israel, because we notice, right, Nathan, that they started out well, but then the house of Israel became a mess and they needed to sort of be instructed once again and spoken to and warned that if they didn't turn, what will be awaiting them? Yes, and, and by the time Ezekiel's giving this message, He's already been taken in exile by Nebuchadnezzar. He's able to return back to Jerusalem to answer the elders' questions. Why, Lord, is this happening? Uh, Israel had been taken away by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. We're now at 586 B.C. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is about ready to finally finish the uh, taking the Jewish people out and exile them out of the land and then destroying Jerusalem. And so the fact that what we got here is interesting with timing wise is even though Ezekiel's talking about or the Lord's talking through Ezekiel about being a watchman, he'd already been a watchman. Jeremiah had been a watchman, Isaiah before him, all these other prophets and the Jewish people rolled over and ignored them. And so that's why it's so important that we see here that 
even though Ezekiel had, is a watchman, he'd already done his job as a watchman. He called to the people and, and called them to repent, and they rolled over and ignored him. And so the Lord is saying here is that the blood isn't on your hands, Ezekiel, or, or the prophets. It, it's on them. They heard your my message through you, and they ignored it. Brother, that's a terrifying thing because the destruction of Jerusalem and the exile on the people was horrific. And we act like, well, that's ancient history. But the Christians of this world are being watchmen. We are calling out to the world, repent, return to Jesus Christ for the time of his coming is at hand. And the people are doing the same thing. They're just rolling over and ignoring it. And God's wrath is coming in what's called the tribulation. And our hearts go out to those people because they need to accept Jesus Christ or to live through that time period and die in that time period. And so our message, I think, is just as important now as it was for Ezekiel. Yeah, Nathan. And for some people that say, well, uh, this is uh, this was Old Testament stuff. Well, let's fast forward a few hundred years to the New Testament. When John the Baptist came preaching in Matthew chapter three, he came again speaking to Israel, the Jewish people. And uh, Nathan, again, his message was pretty direct, but it, uh, it was very applicable. And we want to invite those of you that maybe have a Bible, if you would journey with us to Matthew chapter three. As we look, there are a few verses in, in verses 1 uh, through verse 8 in Matthew. And notice again how this message is also applicable, not just for the Old Testament, but also for the New Testament. Nathan, I know your voice is a little hoarse, but might you be able to read verses uh, 1 through uh, 4 in Matthew chapter 3? Yes, and again, I apologize. I don't know, I just woke up with a sore throat this morning, so... Uh, <laughs> Throat lozenges are keeping me going. So, okay, in days, John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And then verse 5 says, Then... Uh, Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Judean went to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But notice verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. So Nathan, there was a judgment and a wrath coming to them as well. Even in the New Testament, much as Ezekiel was, was speaking about, in the Old Testament, we're all called to flee from the wrath, if you will. Now, of course, you know the church, those that have placed their trust in Jesus Christ, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, we have not been appointed unto wrath. But again, the reality is there is a wrath coming. Yes. So, you know, we got John the Baptist here 600 years after Ezekiel, and God is still sending prophets to warn the people about the wrath to come. And I, I love it here. It says, so here you get the Pharisees and Sadducees who were so self-righteous in their own eyes. They they had the law of Moses. They had the Torah. They believed that, uh, you know, they were the top of the food chain, so to speak, society-wise, that they had it all together and they were going to heaven. And then all you got John the Baptist here saying, brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? In other words, who, who, who is your watchman? Who told you to flee from the wrath of coming? 
And uh, clearly, they didn't weren't concerned about that because the wrath to come, we knew, was Jesus Christ. He was coming in his first coming to bring salvation to the Jewish people if they put their faith in him. And the Pharisees and Sadducees, as we know, didn't put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so what's his message here? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, repent and return to Jesus Christ. Did you notice that, uh, Vic? That's a theme. As far back as, as when Cain killed Abel, or even Adam and Eve turned against the Lord, repent and return to me. And that's God's message all throughout human history. Repent and return to me. Nathan, we have a way sometimes of trying to complicate the gospel, but it's really a simple message. Repent, turn to the Lord. If you recognize that you've broken God's command and that you've done wrong, that you've sinned and fall short of glory of God, the Bible says that God gives you an opportunity. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. So he says, hey, all you have to do is recognize and repent, turn from your sins. And, and Nathan, as you mentioned earlier, that's not the same message for anyone that is part of this program right now, whether they're listening to us presently uh, or in the future. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, it's the same message. Repent and turn to him while there is still time. Listen, God loves you. He has not appointed judgment for those that have turned to him, but it's those that have turned their backs on him. And if you have a desire to know God, we want to give you an opportunity even right now to come to the feet of Jesus, to repent while there's still time and avoid that judgment that is coming. Nathan, if someone is on the other side right now, maybe they're struggling with this and they don't have a relationship with the Lord, but they really seek a change. How can they right now come to that relationship with the Lord and avoid the wrath to come? Well, we come to an end of ourselves. We realize that our sin is separating us from Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. What a message there. We're being told that, that when the weight of our sins makes us realize that, and by the Holy Spirit's leading, of course, that we cannot save ourselves, that we need God to do that. And the only way God did that, the only way he provided was Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. So it's a wonderful thing because Acts 3.19 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing might come for the Lord from the Lord, spiritual refreshing. So repentance is a hard thing. Pride, right? The first sin keeps us from repenting. But at last, when we're when we are down on our knees and we realize that our sin is killing us, then we repent. Uh, uh, Acts 2.38, Peter replies, says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I love 2 Peter 3.9, as we wait for the Lord to come back, Peter says, The Lord isn't slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So as you see here, as Vic and I have been sharing, repentance is necessary. A, a turning of the mind 180 degrees away from your sin and towards Jesus Christ. So it's, a, it's not just a heart issue, it's a mind issue as well. And if you're ready to accept Jesus as your Savior, do not delay. Heed the message of the watchman on the wall. Repent and return to Jesus. And how do you do that, Vic? Well, Nathan, and I was going to say, it's really very simple. Uh, uh, we've got, we, we like to lead people in a very simple prayer, but of course, God looks at the heart. And maybe that's you out there and you want to turn to Christ. 
Well, I want to invite you to share, uh, excuse me, to, to uh, pray a very simple prayer from your heart. And if you mean it, God will transform your life right where you are. Simply call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I have broken your commandment, but I repent from my sins and I turn to you. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Very simple. And if you pray that prayer, the Lord has granted you eternal life. It's by faith. And we would love for you to reach out to us and let us know that you have invited Christ into your heart. You can call us or text us at 305-992-9537. Nathan and I will rejoice to hear that wonderful news. And we'll send you a Bible and a study guide so you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. So, Nathan, that is great news, right? Yes, that's the message of the watchman on the wall. I pray everybody who's hearing this message now will heed it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, and we thank you all for being part of today's program. So Vic Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and look up for the Lord is coming very, very soon. Have a wonderful day. says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal